Thank you. Someone take the mic away from her. But um, I, I mean, I'm going to make this quick. I'm just introducing my mommy. But um, she is the kind of person that will tell you what's up, you know, like straight up, like, what are you doing? Don't do that, you know. And I love that about my mom because if I didn't have her as my mom, I would just, wouldn't be here. It would just be a mess, you know. And so, like, they balance, my mom and dad balance each other out, you know, because, like, Ellie will be in the car. And my dad will be with him. He's like, all right, make a turn here. And Elliot will make the wrong turn. And dad's like, okay, we're going to try that again. And mom's like, stop it. What are you doing? Get out of the car. We're, I'm driving. Stop it. You know, and, and it's just kind of like, it's really, it's, it's fun. But um, I love my mom so much. And I am going to share her with you today, all of you. You get to have her tell you what's up. And um, go she is. One of the most amazing people, and I'm totally being biased, but um, <laughs> yes, I love her so much. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. <laughs> Sit down. Y'all are crazy. Y'all are cray-cray up in here. Oh, wait till after. <laughs> it's easy now. Thank you. Oh, happy Mother's Day. This is my favorite day. More than my birthday, more than Christmas. This is my favorite day. Because in life, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a mom. And I am. I am, and I'm, I'm blessed. So usually on Mother's Day, when I, ha when I have the opportunity to speak, you know, I usually have a book that I'm reading or uh, some sort of outline or something like that to go by. And this time I didn't, which was rather frightening for me. I had a, I had a thought and an idea, and uh, I had to develop that on my own with the help of the Lord, and it was, uh, was kind of scary this time because it stretched me. And uh, I'm excited about today, and I'm excited to share with you. And uh, we're going to talk about fairy tales and once upon a time. Um, I have an announcement tonight to make, believe it or not. Um, I was not the princess kind of girl growing up. I, I'm sure that shocks some of you gasp you know can you picture it me in a little princess dress it could make you sick before lunch let's not do that um, but I was not I found myself drawn to the villains I thought the villains were much more uh, well they were prettier actually they got to wear all the cool outfits I was not a princess type of girl now I have two girls and a boy and you'll see in a minute, they're drawn to the princesses. So I have been blessed with all of that. <laughs> Those in the first service know. But anyway, let me give you a little background on the Disney princesses since we live in the land of Disney. And I, I love Disney. Save all your comments for later. If you're Disney haters, keep it to yourself because I am not a Disney hater. I love Walt and I love the land of Disney. And he, next to my tithe, gets most of my money. So, <laughs> just saying. 
Disney princesses, they're just a group of special women. These princesses, the princesses show goodwill toward all creatures, evidenced by the common ability to commune with animals. That's, a, that's an important point. The princesses are known for their inner and outer beauty as well as having beautiful singing voices. They are known as classy, girly, and romantic daydreamers, and were all pushed around by others, believe it or not. Some of them were born royal into a royal family, but others of them married into royalty. Now, I am going to test your knowledge of the princesses this morning. Hold on, it's going to get good. Okay? I'm going to dress up like a princess and play the theme song, and you're going to guess which princess it is. All right? Okay, first princess. This will bring nightmares. I'm just warning. This could bring you nightmares. All right, be forewarned. The first princess, go ahead and play the song, Jackie. So which, it's frightening, someday. There's a little turd curls here. What princess? Snow White. There's Snow White. And that's Butler and Christina and Coco and Blanco. I have another Snow White picture. That's Elliot, the puberty years. He's a little chunky in that picture. No, oh, no, 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 no. That's the next one. Stop it. But that's my next princess. You know, Elliot loves Snow White. I want to tell you this little story. He loves Snow White so much. Where is he? We were, we were at Disneyland one time with Steve's dad, my father-in-law. Elliot was probably six. Elliot hated Snow White. He hated all princesses. And my father-in-law, without Elliot knowing it, saw Snow White and went over with the girls and told Snow White, when you walk through, could you say hello to Elliot? So Snow White comes walking through, and she stopped in the middle of the sidewalk and said, Elliot! I swear it was like he had an epileptic seizure. Like, he threw himself down. It could have it won me money. This, this is for you, Elliot. I'll wear this today for you. Okay, Snow White. Uh, Reagan, come help me a minute, because this, this wig's a little tight. Okay? You're going to have to say, look at Reagan Lutz today, people. Can we just say, I love the 80s. I love the 80s. She's very pretty and pink. Okay, Reagan, come here. Take your hat off. I'll take your hat. All right. Ready? Okay, turn around. Which princess is this? Play the music. A dream is a wish your heart makes. Everybody sing it. When you're past asleep. Okay, cut. 
cut. Now, this, the next princess. Oh, there's Cinderella. I forgot Cinderella. There's Cinderella. And now listen, that's a good picture, but let me just show you the cutest of all time. Look at that little Cinderella. That's Daisy. That's Daisy. Okay, now the next princess, I, you know, they look alike. And I forgot to get the wig for the next princess, so just pretend that's a pink bow and go ahead and play the music. I know you what princess? With you Aurora. Work with me. I know you All right, let's see Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. On that day when we saw Sleeping Beauty, uh, Joey and Elliot actually got invited back to the castle, but we won't talk about that. Thank you. Go sit down and then I have another one in a minute for you. Because the ones that fit me, I'm going to wear. Okay, who's the next one? Oh, get ready. Here we go. Okay. Do you know who this is? Hit the song. As old as time. Just kind of makes your heart go. True as it can be. You're proud, aren't you? Barely even friends. There's Show somebody bends. There's Belle, Beauty and the Beast. I'm both Beauty Just and the Beast in one. <laughs> okay, quit that. Who's next? Let me see who's next. I don't have my glasses. My hair will be atrocious. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. This is, you already know by the color. Oh, get ready. Just wait. I spent a lot of money on these wigs. All right. Play the music. This is my favorite one. Where the people are, I want to see Wanna, wanna see, see everybody I'm dancing, knows this one. walking around on those. What, what do you call it? Oh, feet. Here we go, everybody sing. Flipping your fins, you, you don't get too far. Legs are required for jumping, dancing, strolling along down a. What's, what's that, that word again? again? Street. Beautiful. Okay, there we go. That's Ariel. Okay, now. Um, let me see, I need Reagan again, because this one makes me look like Joan Crawford. And I really don't want to embarrass myself by looking ugly. <laughs> Too late. Okay, now, you know, my kids, the last princess, I think, that appeared on the scene with my kids was um, Belle, maybe? This princess, and it's not Mulan. This princess came into being after my kids. So I don't have any pictures. Go ahead and play the song. This is Tiana. Princess Tiana was the first African-American princess that Disney introduced. And I love her because she's from New Orleans. Now, my kids grew up and I couldn't pay them to have their picture taken with Tiana, who is now at Disney. 
But I was fortunate enough when I was going through my pictures to find that I actually had a picture of Tiana's mother. And there she is. Our own Rose Kelly, people. You didn't know that, did you? Does that hurt your head? All right. That's it. Thank you, Reagan. So Tiana was new. I have to admit, this is one of my favorite wigs. I do have hair envy, just so you know. This one, go ahead and play the music. This one is, does anybody know? It's not Cher, she's not a princess. It's Rapunzel, and she's in a movie called Tangled, so there's our tangle. I just like being able to do that, you know? Okay, I think I have one more princess. All right, this one? Oh yeah, this one's a good one too. Go ahead and play the music. That's Merida! <laughs> um, I don't have a picture. I do have a picture of Merida, the early years. There she is. All right. Oh, be afraid. Be very afraid. You just don't know when these wigs are going to come back out again. Okay, how's the hair? I do have hair envy. So, there we go. Today, we're going to talk about fairy tales. So fairy tales are special stories, obviously, that are different from other kinds of stories. There are certain elements that make stories fairy tales, and we're gonna look at four of those elements, and I'm gonna introduce you to a brand new princess today. All fairy tales have four acts. The first act of any fairy tale is once upon a time. All fairy tales begin with that phrase, once upon a time. Cinderella begins, once upon a time there was a man who had a lovely and a beautiful lady as his wife. They had one daughter, only her, one uh, daughter only, and her name was Cinderella. Beauty and the Beast begins, once upon a time in a faraway land, a young prince lived in a shining castle. So let me introduce you to our new fairy tale and our new princess. Once upon a time in a land not so far away, there lived a beautiful young princess named Renee. She was one of many children and had great plans for her life. Princess Renee loved working and playing with children. She had a kind heart and a gentle spirit and was loved by many. Her parents, the king and queen, provided her every need, want, and desire. Princess Renee lacked for nothing and enjoyed life. So all of our stories, every single one of us, all of our stories begin with once upon a time. Look at Psalm 139. It says, once upon a time, you created the deepest parts of my being. You put me together inside my mother's body. 
How you made me is amazing and wonderful. I praise you for that. What you have done is wonderful. I know that very well. None of my bones was hidden from you when you made me inside my mother's body. That place was as dark as the deepest parts of the earth. When you were putting me together there, your eyes saw my body even before it was formed. You planned how many days I would live. You wrote down the number of them in your book before I had lived through even one of them. All of our stories begin with a once upon a time. And we don't write our once upon a time. No matter how our story begins, there's one thing for sure, and that is the author of our once upon a time. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own likeness. He created him in the likeness of God. He created them as male and female. Psalm 22, verse 10 says, From the time I was born, you took good care of me. Ever since I came out of my mother's body, you have been my God. Our author of our once upon a time is God. Once upon a time can be any time of our life, not just birth. Maybe your once upon a time began when you were a child or a teenager or an adult. Many of us equate our once upon a times with the moment we fell in love. I absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my once upon a time absolutely began April 28th, 1987. Is it seven? 1987. 25 years ago, when a skinny, malnourished, <laughs> wet, permed, hair music major asked me out on our very first date. And for all those 25 years, it's been an amazing journey. And I am so thankful that you are my once upon a time and that together we created the three most beautiful children, four, but three living most beautiful children in the world. And I love you. I love you, I love you. So, just like most of the Disney princesses, there once upon a time involved a love for a handsome prince. Princess Renee met and fell in love with a young man in the kingdom. And this young man looked like a prince and even told Princess Renee all the things she wanted to hear. But we're going to continue our story. Act one is Once Upon a Time. Act two is Enter the Villain. Now, Disney has some nasty villains, and some of them I really like. These were the women I was, I, I was drawn to, okay? First of all, we have the Wicked Queen from Snow White. There she is. It's one of my favorite pictures. Cinderella had the Wicked Stepmother. Sleeping Beauty had Maleficent. Now, this is my personal favorite of all time. The Little Mermaid had Ursula. I love Ursula. I feel like I look like Ursula. Beauty and the Beast, Belle had Gaston. Believe it or not, Gaston was the villain in Beauty and the Beast. Dr. Facilier was the villain in Princess and the Frog. Mother Grothel was the villain in Tangled. 
and Mordu was the villain in Brave. Now, there is one villain that I cannot leave out because she is very much a part of La Palma Christian Center and La Palma Christian School, and that is, play the music, Isn't she lovely? And Corella, who do we have today? This is Barney. Barney, can you smile for Let's everybody? Barney. Barney boy. Cheese. Can you say, oh, he's smiling. Barney, smile. Smile. Cheese. <laughs> smile for everybody. Got to smile. Now, Barney, when we say one, look at, look at Grandma. Smile. One, two, cheese, Barney. <laughs> this is my grandson. This is my dog, Barney. And this is Corella DeVille, our favorite villain. He's smiling now. Corella is such a part of our life, I'm telling you. When we moved here so many years ago, one of the first people that we ran into, Elliot and Butler and I, was Corella DeVille. And we were so excited. We knew we were at the right place. Crazy lady, all dressed up. Every fairy tale has a villain. Every life story has a villain, at least one, and don't you wish they were all as kooky as Cruella? That would be easy, right? But not all villains look the same. So many times in the journey of our life, we confront our villains and we don't even recognize them. You know, Snow White thought she was helping an elderly lady by purchasing an apple when it was really the Wicked Queen. Rapunzel was raised by her enemy, her villain, and even thought that this woman was her mother. The disguise was so great. It's important to note that villains, our enemies, like to use disguises. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14 says, that comes as no surprise. Even Satan himself pretends to be an angel of light. That's pretty frightening. Revelation 12, 9 says, This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world. His disguise is so great that the deception is worldwide. So your enemy or your villain could be disguised as regret, resentment, unforgiveness, compromise, and even rebellion. You know, our enemy is ruthless. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9 says, Control yourselves, be on your guard. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion. He prowls around looking for someone to chew up and swallow. Stand up to him. Stand firm in what you believe. All over the world you know that your brothers and sisters are going through the same kind of suffering. What an enemy. What a villain. All over the world. The deception is worldwide. Princess Renee found herself totally mesmerized by this wonderful new young man. She listened intently to what he had to say and to all the incredible things he had to promise. But the king and queen saw through his disguise 
and warned Princess Renee of the trouble in her future. They tried to pull off this disguise, but it was too late. Princess Renee had chose to live with this new handsome young man. Princess Renee's prince was actually rebellion disguised as a handsome young man. Not all villains look the same, and all magic comes with a price, dearie. The finale tonight, you know. I'm a little concerned. Storybrooke is going to be gone forever. Simply stated, all magic comes with a price. That's simply stated, but it's truth. You may not be comfortable with the word magic, so we could say it this way. All rebellion comes with a price. All compromise comes with a price. All sin comes with a price. Anytime we turn to something or someone other than the king of kings, there'll be a price attached. And most likely, this price will end up costing us greatly. You know, giving in to the magic cost Snow White many years while she was asleep. It cost Cinderella a really great shoe. Aurora, again, lost valuable sunlight while asleep for so many years. Belle lost time with her father. Ariel lost her voice. Tiana lost her human form and family. And Merida lost her relationship with her mother for a while. Princess Renee lost time with her parents and family and friends. Her handsome young man finally revealed himself as her villain, but it was too late. Princess Renee had made her decision and was separated from all those she loved. The young man decided he didn't want her anymore, and Princess Renee found herself in one of the loneliness time, loneliest times of her life. Proverbs 7, 21, 23 works here. I changed the pronouns. But it says, he led her down the wrong path with his clever words. He charmed her with his smooth talk. All at once, she followed him. She was like an ox going to be killed. She was like a deer stepping into a trap until an arrow struck its liver. She was like a bird rushing into a trap. Little did she know it would cost her her life. You know, I wish we could end this sad fairy tale right here, but there's more. Not only was Princess Renee alone, but she discovered that there was a new life forming within her. She was pregnant, and the young man absolutely wanted, didn't want anything to do with her or her child. So Princess Renee, in the middle of the night, prayed this prayer, Psalm 39, 7 and 8. Lord, what can I look forward to now? You are the only hope I have. Save me from all the wrong things I've done. And don't let foolish people make fun of me. Psalm 39. That scripture just totally stuck out to me. Because so many times in our uh, regret of mistakes made and, and realizing that we need the Lord, we call on him and, and we say, Who, I don't have any hope. You're my only hope. But the thing that stuck out to me was the line that said, don't let foolish people make fun of me. It challenged me because I don't want to be a foolish person making fun of somebody 
going through a hard time. I may have in the past, and I've been a foolish person. But let me challenge you. Please don't be foolish. Who without sin will cast the first stone? Obviously, don't be foolish. At the end of today and the end of this service, I want to encourage all of you as you leave this sanctuary, please don't be foolish. Please don't be foolish. And don't make fun. Now, let me see. So, we've got our once upon a time. We have the villain. That was act two. Now, we're ready for act three. Enter the hero. Everyone needs a hero. I'm holding out for one. You'll thank me for that later. I didn't get that music for you all, so you don't have to worry about that. I need a hero. There's not one person in this room that does not need a hero or saving of some kind. You know, uh, every hero doesn't look the same either because you think hero, you think, you know, this handsome prince, right? Well, that's all well and good. There are handsome princes, believe me. But let's not forget that Shrek was Fiona's prince or uh, hero, right? And he was big and green and an ogre, right? They don't look the same. You know, and we have, we have really been reminded of this fact this week because God bless Charles Ramsey. What did he say? It's a dead giveaway. That was a dead giveaway. Charles Ramsey is the gentleman that uh, rescued the three girls in Ohio. Yes. McDonald's eating superhero. Amazing. I'm just telling you, thank God for heroes like Charles Ramsey. Not all heroes look the same. Yep, shout out. So Princess Renee needed a hero in the middle of the night. No, Princess Renee needed a hero. In the middle of the night, she realized the mistake that she had made and decided to take action. Without knowing if the king would accept her back into the home. She packed what little she had and made the journey home. She realized that there was a very good chance that the king could refuse to allow her to enter, especially since now she had another life to care for. So have you ever found yourself in a situation like Princess Renee, needing a mighty and powerful hero? Let me read you this out of Psalm 46. It says, God is our place of safety. He gives us strength. He's always there to help us in times of trouble. The earth may fall apart. The mountains may fall into the middle of the sea, but we will not be afraid. The waters of the sea may roar and foam, and the mountains may shake when the waters rise, but we will not be afraid. Psalm 72 says it this way. People who are in need will cry out, and he will save them. He will save those who are hurting. They don't have anyone else who can help them. He will take pity on those who are weak and in need. He will save them from death. He will save them from people who beat others down. He will save them from people who do mean things to them. Their lives are very special to him. Of course, that hero is our Lord, Jesus Christ. Everybody needs a hero? Absolutely. But not everybody wants a hero. 
It seems even ridiculous to make that statement, but there are those who do not want a hero. The choice is ours. Are we willing to accept the hand of help that's offered to us? How many people, if you do uh, run the statistics, you'd be amazed to find how many people actually will perish in a burning building because they are afraid to receive the help that's being offered to them. It sounds ridiculous, but it happens every day. How many women are stuck in abusive marriages to this day because they're afraid to receive the help from their hero, the Lord Jesus Christ? How many men struggle day in and day out with pornography because they don't want to be rescued? Young people drug addiction, you could, the list goes on and on and on and on. The choice is ours. Everybody needs a hero, but not everybody wants a hero. So this leads me to the end and the final act of this fairy tale. Act number one is once upon a time. Act number two, enter the villain. Act number three, enter the hero. Act number four, they lived happily ever after. So you, do you think in our fairy tale that the king received Princess Renee when she went back home? Yes. yes. Do you think she was accepted back into her kingdom? Yes. What about the baby? Prince or princess? Did she live happily ever after? Well. I don't have the end of this fairy tale. I don't have the end of this story. But somebody in this room does. And I'm going to introduce you to her right now. I'm going to introduce you to Princess Renee. Princess Courtney Renee Loveteer. Silence. This fairy tale is not a fairy tale. It is a true life story. When I was praying about Mother's Day and once upon a time, that's all I had. And then I discovered one afternoon when a little girl very dear to my heart came back and sat at the kitchen table and told Steve and I where she was in her life and what had happened. I knew that there was a powerful testimony to about to explode. An encouragement for young women and for mothers and for sisters and for, and for aunts. This is truly Princess Renee. And the story I've told you today is a true story. Courtney had a great, had a great once upon a time. The king and the queen, obviously, Joe and Jolene Loveteer, Christian household, brother and sisters who adore her, everything she wanted, needed, desired. Courtney was, I will go out on a limb to say, the most loved youth sponsor in Edge Youth for a long time. God called her to work with youth. There's still a calling on her life. But Courtney ran into a huge villain. And I want you to listen to her story 
and the villain that entered into her life? Well, we all do have our once upon a time. Mine was, I had everything. My parents did everything and anything that I needed. I had a huge calling on my life. The youth was my world. It still is my world. If it's going to be the same, probably not. But God will give it back to me. Amen. He has it. Amen. It's what he wants for me. But years and years ago, I battled with a little bit of rebellion, and I snapped out of it, and I, my parents pulled me and said, nope, not happening. So I went after my calling. I lived my life right, started to slip up again. Quickly, once again, they were like, nope, pulled myself together. And one more time, the enemy was going to try and come in. And this time he came in. And he really came in and took over who I was and who I am. He took over what I stood for and what I didn't. I got involved in a relationship. My parents were seeing right through this guy, and I wasn't. I was not seeing what they were seeing because I wanted to do things my way. Was my way the right way at all? No, no, no. I quickly learned who he was. Yes, I quickly did in a way, but I was ignoring all the signs, all the roadblocks. I was still wanting to do things my way. I turned against my family. I turned against God and against everything I knew. Hmm. Till then, I was asked to leave. Um, the one person who you would never think would ask me to leave asked me to leave, and I thank her for it every day because she really did change my life. My mom changed my life. Um, but once I was asked to leave, I was like, all right, no problem. I'll leave. I'll do this. No problem. It's going to be great. For about the first two weeks, I thought life was great. Until January 14th, I found someone else out, and my life quickly went from great, or so I thought was great, to destruction. There were things that my parents were telling me, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, watch for this to unfold. It did. My finances, my job, and now this baby. And he's not going to want you or the baby. So, it was all happening. We fought for the three months that I was living with him about him not wanting me to have this baby. I kept saying, I can't do it. Did I try doing it his way? I did. But I couldn't. I could never go through with it because it's nothing I stood for. So, During I, those three months, Courtney, did you have contact with your family at all? I had no contact. I turned my back to people who loved me most. So you went through the first three months of this pregnancy alone. Alone. Literally alone. To be in a room full of just as many people that are in here today felt like the only one there. Nobody knows that loneliness and nobody knows that feeling of being alone until you're taken out from your umbrella of God's hand of your parents' hand and their caring and their protection on your life. You can, you can be filled with the Spirit and have it with you every day and still feel that loneliness, but you're not alone. Right. You have God's Spirit and you have God's hand on your life and in control. I didn't have any of it. I let it all go. I let His Spirit, I let His hand 
let the protection of my parents go. I chose him over my family. And in the moments that I did that, I lost everything. I lost his protection and immediately felt loneliness. And the loneliness is real. Yeah. You want to ignore it? You want to act like everything's okay, but it's not. It's real. The loneliness that you're talking about, I know you said it, but I want to reiterate it because it's important for everybody to know. There's a loneliness of being without your family and those that you love. But then there's also a loneliness when you realize that sin has separated you from God. And that is a loneliness that is beyond all comprehension. And that's what she's talking about. So, Courtney, we're going to get to the hero because I know that you've told me uh, Kristen's birthday was in March. It was the 17th. It was a Sunday. And you were alone. Oh, that was That was one worst. of the hardest days and nights for you because you knew that the family was celebrating. Mm -hmm. They were celebrating Kristen, and you wanted to be there. And you almost went, but you felt like you could not go. Right. You were separated. And so it was just a couple of days later, a few days later, that the hero, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit, moved upon Kristen, of all people. <laughs> Go figure. Not all heroes look the same. Charles Ramsey, Kristen Lavatier. Holy Spirit moved on Kristen. And Kristen called Courtney and said, it's time to come home. There are other components to the story, but I'm giving you the version you can handle. Kristen said, it's time for you to come home, Courtney. Now, Courtney had a choice to make. You know, everybody needs a hero, but does everybody want to accept the help? And the Lord moved on Courtney, and she went home. And did the king and the queen, did they receive you? Yeah, she went home. I was home at night. She was home. Didn't she looked like me. she had a bad case of gas, but she was home. <laughs> and they didn't know. Couldn't tell them until the next night. And as much as the disappointment hit and the hurt hit, they still let me come back home. And they were still my mom and my dad. So here she is home. And mom and dad have offered forgiveness, as any parent would. I forgive you. And Courtney received that forgiveness. And in that moment, in the day or so that followed, she had an ultrasound. And she found out that our little princess uh, had a disease, a life threatening disease. Go ahead and show the first sonogram for us. You can't see it, except that high grandma and grandpa. I love that. Um, but in that ultrasound, explain to everybody what the specialist saw. All right, so on April 8th, I went to my first official appointment to have my first official ultrasound. It was about 15 weeks had any care or anything because I wasn't going to have this baby. So I went and 
ultrasound and my OB seeing that there was possible wall deformity. She then later that day sent me to a specialist, he's a big wig, he knows what he's doing, diagnosed what my baby's first diagnosis was, was umbilical, with which umbilical there is organs and intestines growing outside of the abdomen wall and there's chromosome abnormalities um, with the T13 and T18 if anybody knows about it not very many people do because you don't hear about it um, my baby had this um, they were sure he just gave me the name and said go home and study it know everything there is to know about it so my mom and I went home already knowing because we were already reading information of abdominal wall deformity because we had no idea what to expect. So as soon as we left this office, there was already a thought in my mind of, I'm not gonna be able to have this baby because I'm not gonna make it full term. And if she is here, there's gonna be an issue. Now I gotta add something in here because it's important for you to know. The diagnosis at first was a death sentence. These children, they either die in utero before they're born and she'll miscarry, or if they are born, they'll live three minutes to three hours. They do not survive. These children do not survive. Now listen, we're at the part of the story where Courtney has come home and she's accepted the forgiveness of her parents. After the diagnosis of infalocil, there's a few day span, a period of time during those day, those, that time period, Courtney not only accepted the forgiveness of her parents, because that's easy to do, accept forgiveness. But it was during that time that she repented. This was during the time that she came and talked to Steve and I, and she had repented, which means she had totally turned. She had changed. She hadn't just received the forgiveness and was still talking to this dude on the phone and still being involved in the life that she had left her home for because that's where a lot of us get stuck. Oh, I'm forgiven, the grace and the mercy card. We like to play that a lot. She moved in repentance and she changed. And I believe because she repented and changed, we get the second diagnosis. Are you ready for the second diagnosis? Let me tell you, the techs at Long Beach Memorial, they don't make mistakes. Specialists don't make mistakes unless God's involved. And then they make mistakes. Show the second sonogram for me. Look at that. Now, you can see, I'm just going to take over for a minute because I'm so proud. You can see right up there, there's a little bit of a mass right above the one leg. Some of you are like, I don't see it. Well, cross your eyes, stand back. There's a little bit of a mass. What we have here is a sonogram of a baby who does not have infalocil. She has just, yes, she has just a tiny, not even a big portion, a tiny bit of her intestine on the outside. And you want to hear something else? Not only is it that, but the space inside her abdomen, because sometimes when the intestines are on the outside, the abdomen does not leave room. So when they go to put the intestines back in, then they have like a compact bowel and there's problems. 
not my little princess. My little princess even has a space in her abdomen waiting for those intestines to be put back inside. I totally got totally distracted from where we are because I got so excited about that whole part of the testimony. Totally okay. <laughs> what I, I also want to encourage you because I know, listen, remember, don't let the foolish people talk. I want to assure you of this one thing. Uh, this little girl was not conceived in sin. She was conceived in love but in a, cell, in a sinful way. And Courtney knows that. Courtney had sex outside of marriage. But this little girl was not conceived in sin. She was conceived in love. I want to encourage all of you. I was conceived outside of marriage. But look at me now. You're going to say I was conceived in sin? God works miracles. Pimo, I want you to come. I want to show you the feet of our little girl. Look at that. Once upon a time, you formed me while I was yet in my mother's womb. Those feet, God is going to do such miraculous things with that little girl. Perfect feet. They're kind of big, but they're perfect feet. At my feet, poor thing. And I saved the best for last. Look at this picture. There she is. Sucking her thumb. Stella Renee Loveteer. Stella Renee, love it here. The reason we did this this morning is because in Revelation 12, 11, it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Claudia, isn't the blood of the lamb enough in and of itself to overcome? It is enough. Why in the world would he include and the word of their testimony. It's so important. It's so important. Courtney's life is an example of what happens when the enemy disguised as something comes into your life and you don't realize it and you give in to the enemy. But thank God. God for the hero of our life. <laughs> Courtney's changed. I have never heard so much faith come out of a young girl in a very long time. It would be easy for her to just sit and say, well, this is the way it is. She could have gotten rid of the baby. You realize that? She could have aborted the baby if she wanted to because... Stella had a life-threatening disease. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying those are the choices that face our young people today, our young women today. You're going to give birth to a monster. You're going to, it's the right thing to do. 
but God was in control of this situation from the very beginning. I want Jolene and the family to come up here and stand with Courtney. And I'm going to encourage all of the mothers today and sisters and all the women in the room. I want you to come forward. Father's going to sing a little piece of this song. And it simply states that we need to get to the king, to give our life over to the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and let him have control of our lives. As she's singing, I want you to come forward, and we're going to pray. Once upon a time, ladies, you each have a once upon a time, a forming and a starting that is perfect. But life happens, doesn't it, Bonnie? Life unfolds. Days go by, weeks go by. Villains come in. Rebellion, compromise, sin. And things change for us. But thank God for the hero that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So what do you, what do you think, Queen Jolene? I know you have a different perspective, and you shared some things at the first service that was so important. This does have a happy ever after ending. It really does. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of mess in life. You know that, Mom? There's a lot of hurt in life. You know, I, it's so hard to talk about it. It's so hard. Because if, you, if you've known me my whole life with my children, he can take everything. I don't have to have much. I love to go to the Goodwill, and I think I have found a great deal. And I'll brag about it. Look what I got. The material things never mattered to me, but my kids did. Mess with my kids, and I'll tear you up. Because it was just the way I was. It was just put in me that way. And I was at the bank. It'll make it really fast. I'll try. I was at the bank one day. Now, this was probably three years ago. And I was at the ATM, and I was going to pull out $40. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Oh, I got a little bit left. That's okay. Nah, it's all right. I took my $40. And he said to me, yeah, that may not matter, but I know what does. Watch out. And I heard him like it was that. And then we're not talking about God. I am talking about the big, ugly monster that can be under your bed at night that could be in your back seat, that could be in a bottle that you drink every day. It comes in all forms. It's a big, ugly monster. And you know where he starts first? In your mind. In your mind. That monster comes in. I'm good. I don't have to listen to her. I don't have, well, who cares? I know what I'm doing. And it's not just for you women. It's for you men too. That big, ugly monster told me, I know what'll get you. And I said, no, you don't. It wasn't long after that. Courtney brought a friend home, and the friend didn't, wasn't what dad and I. Dad looks at me, and I look at him, and I'm like, he's, she's taller than him. That's what I said. But dad said, no, he's a snake. It wasn't long after that. That God woke me in the middle of the night and he said there's an enemy in your camp there's an enemy in your camp and I'd get up in the morning and I'd hear him say it again there's an enemy in your camp every one of you have a camp my camp was at 7371 Dallas Drive there's seven of us now there's going to be eight that's my camp but every one of you have a camp and if you don't know God in such a way, when it gets time that your camp gets messed with, and he comes in and starts destroying your camp, because he did, and he can, and he's real. He's so real that one day I told her, you cannot live here anymore. I said, you have to go. I've begged and I've pleaded. I've asked you. I don't like to talk about this one little part because I feel like sometimes it really it hurts me more than anything. But I asked her one day, Courtney, could you marry this man and when the doctors come out and you've just had a beautiful baby and the doctors come out and say, I'm sorry, but if there isn't 
a miracle from God tonight, your baby won't make it. Now that, I didn't know anything about a baby, but what I was trying to do was share with her and choices and what kind of a man are you going to take on? Are you going to marry somebody that can pray you through the next big disaster? Girls? Women? Are you going to marry somebody or are you going to date somebody that can say, yeah, I can, and get anointing oil? Or is that person going to say, well, where's the doctor? Can't you get me something extra? Are you going to? Because the realness of it came true. The realness of it. It took hard prayers. There was a time. I know none of you really know it. Because I'd only told one. Somebody that I can confide in. God gives friends. Be thankful for your friends. And I'd shared. Karen, she doesn't live at home anymore. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. She's everything. I had the others. But she's not at home. But I was faithful to God. And I said, but I'll, but I'll still praise him. And I'm still going to walk with a smile on my face. And I'm not going to trouble anybody about my circumstance. I'm going to talk to God about it daily. My husband's heart was broke. Because Courtney was her Big Joe's first boy. She did everything with Big Joe. She could winch a boat. She could do anything. That was her, his first boy. And so there was many third day drivings in the truck, just Courtney and Dad. So to sit and watch Dad cry every night, and then I'd have Mike crying. It was very hard. We struggled very long and hard, but God is so faithful. Moms, he's so faithful. So Pastor Steve is saying, I want everybody down here. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for our families. Now, I have been praying, and my heart had pleaded for months. Even came to the place where I kick her out. Are you going to hear me? Are you going to hear me? And I get in bed, and I go to sleep. I cry myself to sleep. I cried every night. I got in my car, and I text her and say, I want my click clacks home. Because when Courtney was little, she'd say, I can to wear my click clacks. <laughs> click clacks were these little black patent leather shoes that she had to wear with everything. I'm going to wear my click clacks. And I text her and say, I want my click clacks home. She didn't come home. She'd say, oh, in time, everything's going to be great. She didn't come home. So as we're praying here that day, I had been crying about it every night and troubling just my kids mostly because I couldn't talk about it to anybody. And he showed up. He showed up right here. He showed up. He came in like this. He came in up over the top of the back of my neck. Have you ever truly felt God? Girls, have you ever truly felt God?
don't let it be at a critical time. Find him now. Find him real. Find him as the person that walks with you in the grocery store, shows up in your car, becomes your best friend. Because then when you walk in the shoes that we all got to walk, everybody's got junk. We all have it. That's exactly right, John. This happens to be their book that they have very vulnerably opened and let us see. But you've got your own book. You've got your own fairy tale that's got some mess in it. I need the men to now come and make a wall behind our ladies. Ladies, I want every lady, whether you're a mother or not, you need to be at this altar. Moms, can we make room for some, some ladies that aren't mothers too? I know we're focusing on the mothers, but I want all the ladies. This is a special prayer. Jolene, there was such an anointing on you as you prayed for 815. I want you to pray again in a minute. But I need the men just to make a wall all across the backside of these ladies. This is powerful what's, what's happening right now. This is powerful. Ladies. Lift your hands and receive from God right now. Jolene's going to pray this prayer, and you're going to feel a wave of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness and hope come over you. Come on, Jolene, pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as I came to you, that spirit that you brought to me weeks ago, and you showed up, Lord, right now I ask that you would come and in each one of these homes, for the mom, for the girl, for the teenager that goes to bed at night and says, but why is hopeless, Lord? She's not coming home. Lord, it's hopeless. Lord, in each one of their hopeless situations, no matter what it may be, Father God, I ask right now that you show up that you show up as you showed up to me, that you reveal yourself to each and every one of these ladies and men, that you show up, that you take my pain and you bring her home, or you heal that mom that can't get off of that medicine. Lord, that you straighten her out, or the girl that is still out that the mom that cries every night, I feel your pain. You aren't alone, and it is real. But there's one person realer, and his name is Jesus. And he can show up, and he can take it away, and he can free you. I want to go one step farther. I want to ask you, if you don't know him, this is the best day that you could find him. Make him real in your life. That in every day, he is your savior, your father, your provider, and the person that knows your pain. If you'll just pray it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Reveal yourself to me. Take my junk. 
It's yours. I give you my burdens. And I ask, Lord, that you will live in my heart from this day forth. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Come on, everybody, say amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Now that's how to celebrate Mother's Day, if you ask me. How many were blessed today by this message? Come on, thank God for Karen. Thank God for Courtney being vulnerable and sharing in the Levitier family. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. God strengthen you. God bless you. God help you. You haven't seen the end of the, the book yet. Amen. You're just turning a chapter. You're just turning a chapter. That's all. A wonderful new chapter that's coming to you, Becky. Lift your hands. Come on, everybody. Stretch your hand toward Becky today. I'm telling you, you don't get discouraged. Don't look to your left or to your right. God says, look to me. I'm just turning a new page, and you are turning a new leaf. I'm about to blow into your life with fresh breath, says God. I'm going to take all the fragments and all the pieces and create something so wonderful. Trust in me. Hold fast to me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We love you so much. Would you allow Karen and I to get back to the foyer? And we have a gift for all of the mothers today. It's just our way of saying thank you so much for coming today. And uh, uh, we honor you. We bless you. God bless everybody. And to all of our guests, don't forget we also have a gift for you. Amen. Have a great day.